Father, we thank you for this uh, display of your of uh, love from your people. We understand that uh, so much of uh, what we have here, whether it's collected online or here, uh, is done through the love of your people and their willingness to share out of their resources. We ask, Father, that you will bless this, tithe the offerings that are here, and that you will give us wisdom as a church as we employ these resources in a way that would be pleasing to you. We pray, pray this in Christ's name, and everyone said, amen. Thank you. Well, this is Communion Sunday, and uh, so coming up, uh, we'll be uh, doing that in a slightly different way today. You'll see two communion uh, stations set up. Uh, one of them on your left side will be what we've been doing with the little cups, and, and you can tear it open and uh, break the elements. If you prefer, we're also uh, beginning to introduce, reintroduce uh, what we have been doing before, and that is the breaking of physical bread along with cups of juice, and that will be on the right side. So whichever you are comfortable with, we are going to uh, ask you in just a little bit. After the message today, we will celebrate uh, communion together. All right. Um, I was wondering if I could get some help maybe with, with the podium so I can put my notes on there rather than have, wow, this is heavy. Oh man, you ready? One, two, three, go. Look at this. Hulk Andre to the rescue. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Wow. You know what? Pace, pace to work out. So welcome, everybody. A, a couple of things before we get going today, uh, and we're going to wrap things up uh, on the series, What's So Important? What's So Important About Church? And what's So Important About Us Being Here? First of all, do we have any visitors today, first-time visitors? Please raise your hand if you are a first-time visitor. Do we have one? Let's see. I have <laughs> Yay! All right, first-time visitor. Well, the reason I, I'm, going to, um, I'm going to have you come up here in just a second for a very special reason. I have something for you. But before I get to that, uh, I wanted to make an announcement and, and let you know that in three Sundays from now, we'll be starting the new series, God's Word is Like Doppler Radar. It's based on a short devotional book that I wrote uh, about nine years ago or so, I think in 2013. Yep, 2013. Of course, it's 2015. 2013, I need glasses. So every once in a while I can make it up, but you know what I have to do? I have to do that. Um, and every visitor, and this is your chance to invite a visitor, every visitor will get a free copy during the ser series, and they will have an advantage over the regular members because it's not until the last two Sundays of the series 
that every family of New Promise Church will get a copy. Now, I wanted to make an announcement right from the get-go so that you understand I will not be making a cent off of the book, but in order to dispel any of the optics involved, I told the elders last Sunday evening, I said, you know what? I am going to buy the books myself and donate them. And I'm not looking for accolades, but I just want you to understand that I want to dispel any notion that I'm going to make anything from uh, preaching from uh, a book that I wrote in 2013. I just, I really want you to benefit from it. Uh, and uh, it, it's a fun topic for me, being a meteorologist by trade. And uh, so, again, visitors during the series, starting September the 25th, will get a free copy, and then eventually everybody gets a free copy the last two Sundays of this seven-part series. Now, I also have with me a book called The Extra Mile, and I'm going to give this, I was going to give this to any new visitor, so come on up and get your book. Uh, and I'll let you talk to one of my biggest uh, advocates for the book. I gave a copy to, to uh, Tom and Gail Bochelle. There you go. And uh, The Extra Mile is basically a, my story, but it's not my story through my lens. It is through the people that came alongside me to help me, who, um, to help me become who I am. It's honoring them. Uh, and uh, that was my very first, first book ever written. And, uh, and, and Gail and Tom both said, you know, oh gosh, you know, another, another uh, autobiography talking about uh, yourself kind of thing. It's going to be boring. Well, uh, they mentioned that they enjoy it. At least they said they enjoyed it. <laughs> so hopefully because, it's, because of the perspective shift, um, it's, it's different. It's, a, it's not really an autobiography. It's about the people who stepped alongside me, who helped me become who I am. Oh, did I not give you one of these either? Guess what? You've got to come back up here. <laughs> because even though the series hasn't started, I'm going to give you a copy of, of the, the series that we'll be starting. I hope you enjoy that. <clears throat> Well, let's pray. We have a lot to do today because we're going to be wrapping up this series. As a, it was a six-part series. Today's part six. And I hope you've gotten something out of it in some way, shape, or form. But today we're going to wrap the whole thing up in a way that will take every single pillar that we've been talking about or every single angle that we've been talking about the church and why it is so important that this, the weekly gathering of the local church and the global church too, but the local church in particular, New Promise Church, why it's a non-negotiable and why it should be a non-negotiable. And I think you, you're really going to be encouraged when we wrap it all together. So let's pray. Father, not my words now, but your words highlight those things that you want highlighted and bring to our soul, bring to our minds everything that you want us to grab onto today. Uh, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth are pleasing to you 
and that if there's anything that needs to be edited, even in the preaching of your word, that you will tell me yes to this, no to this, and uh, grant me your insight as we dig into why it is we get together on Sundays and why it is so, so very important. We pray these, these things in Jesus' name, and everyone said, hopefully, amen. Well, as we mentioned, we're gonna wrap things up today. It's a multi-dimensional thing. You remember the, the visual that I gave you, not only in the beginning in week one, but throughout the whole uh, series, that we were looking at the local church, New Promise Church, which is not a flat two-dimensional thing. It's multi-dimensional. And so you have to look at it from different angles. So you, you've got this angle here, you've got this angle here, you've got different angles. And we'll review those angles, and then we're gonna put it together, adding a new dimension to that angle. You'll see what I mean in a second. So let's review, quickly review anyway, the, the, the aspects that we took a look at. Number one, the fellowship of the church. Iron sharpeneth iron, we're here uh, to fellowship together, to encourage each other, to offer our, uh, you know, whatever it is that God has gifted us to, because whatever those gifts are, are meant to share with everybody here at the church. And you have other gifts too, other gifts outside for the world, uh, maybe your profession, whatever it is. But in here, God has supplied you with gifts for the body of believers. And so it's your opportunity to do that. And that's why we fellowship together. Number two, definition, the definition of the church. The definition is, it comes from the Greek word ecclesia. Ecclesia is not a church word. It was the first time that Jesus used the word ecclesia, which means called out ones. You know, when, when he picked out the disciples, he called them out of what they were doing, many of them fishermen, some of them tax collectors, etc. He called them out of that world and into the world where they would be fishers of men and pastors of groups of people that wanted to follow him. Called out. Have you been called out? That's called out of the world, expatriated from the world. I'm not a member of the world, believe it or not. I'm a member of the kingdom of God. I've expatriated, which means that I am now an enemy of the world. So you have to work through it, and uh, that's the definition of the church, be called out. And hopefully every single person here has received Jesus Christ as Savior, and if you are, you have been called out. Number three, purpose, the purpose of the church. What is the purpose of the church? It is to grow the church. It is to share with others. It is to replicate your faith in other people, in your sphere of influence, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that today. Uh, when we talk uh, talk a bit about uh, the the last dimension, number four, the promises of the church. God offers many promises to those who come and gather in His name. 
it is, as I mentioned back in the week that we talked about this, it's not that you, you put your quarter in the machine, you pull the lever and you get a gumball. That's not what this is. But God offers advantages of being a follower of Christ. And it's up to us to dig through the Word of God and to find out what those promises are. And every once in a while, we have to remind, the, the Lord loves it when we pray back things from the Word. Lord, you said in your word this regarding my situation. The Lord loves that. He does. So by knowing the promises in Scripture, and that's why it's important to get into your Bible every day, read, and find out what it is that God has to say to you individually. And finally, the commission last week. The commission was to go and make disciples of all nations. And that's what we're supposed to do when we leave those doors. This is boot camp. We're not supposed to leave what we've learned here in the church here. We're supposed to take what we have learned and operate our lives in kingdom principles. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as it is in heaven, on earth. How do you do that? By living a kingdom life. That's how we've expatriated from the world because we live in the kingdom world, bring the kingdom of God to earth and let people see that and let people get attracted and drawn to God that way. But today we're going to tie everything together with a brand new perspective and that perspective is not any of the perspectives that we've been talking about around the church, which don't get me wrong, every single one of them has been helpful. But today, now, we're going to take that perspective and we're going to view it from the top down. And we're going to view it from the top down because we're going to tie every single one of those elements that we've been looking at for the past five weeks together. And if we do that and we look at it from above, what do we get? we get a new perspective which allows us to approach every element of those churches with confidence, with heavenly confidence. Now, it's probably a good idea, and periodically I've done this when we've introduced a new word into the study, is to study the word, right? Well, let's look at the definition of confidence. Everybody ready? Everybody ready? Everybody awake? Yes. It's okay. Coffee after the service, and if you fall asleep, that's okay, because we're recording this. People are watching live. Hi, everybody. And you can watch it later uh, online, newpromisechurch.com. Okay, confidence. Let's look at the, the, the definition of the word confidence. The feeling or belief that one can rely, my emphasis, can rely on someone or something. Firm trust. Second definition, the state of feeling certain, my emphasis, certain about the truth of something. Confidence, the state of feeling certain about the truth of something. But Webster's doesn't tell the whole story. This is certainly very helpful, but Webster's doesn't tell the whole story. 
In fact, it wasn't until two weeks ago that I learned something new about the word confidence, completely separate from my studying and approaching this message for it, when watching my friend, uh, Pastor Gunnar Gunnarsson from Iceland, I watch him every day. He just started a new series from the book of Nehemiah. He preaches uh, typically not in series, but in books. And so he said, let's go to the New Testament. Let's study Nehemiah. So he's in Nehemiah right now. Well, on one of the early messages, it was either week one or week two, he talked about the word confidence. And he broke it down into the Latin the two Latin words that come together to make our English word confidence. I never knew this. And it's huge. It brought so much to the table for today's message. For instance, when you break it down, it break, you break it down to con fides. Con fides in Latin, two words. The word con means together with together with. Fides is Latin for the term faith. Did you get it? Now isn't th that was that was like wow I love this and it, it brought something. Thank you Gunnar if you're watching. Thank you for uh, for giving something to this uh, service and the study today. When anyone partners with faith faith in the things of God, you can proceed with confidence together with faith, together with faith. Well, what do we have faith in? What is our focus when we get together at church? It's faith in God through Jesus Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit, the triune God. So it's my aim today to bring the importance of our weekly gathering that we do every week by making certain that you operate in supernatural confidence. And with that, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to several places in the scriptures. If you have your phone with you, that's great. Uh, the, the, the phone app, the Bible app, version. If you click on events and you click on the very first thing that shows up, which is the New Promise Church notes, all of these notes are available. You can hit save so you can review them later. If you're like one of the folks that loves the feel of paper, break out your Bibles and go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. So that's where we will start today, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, New International Version. But you, everybody say you. Turn to your neighbor right next to you, point to them and say you. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Point to your neighbor and say you again. And you, wow, there's a lot of you's in there, isn't there? Point to your neighbor again and point and say you. You will be my witnesses, my emphasis. You will be my witnesses. Not, not Pastor Andre, not Pastor Dale, not Pastor Jim, not Pastor Rory. Not, uh, 
you will be my witnesses. Okay, does it stop there? No, it says, oh, in Jerusalem. Oh, that takes me off the hook. I'm not in Jerusalem. Oh, wait, wait a minute, there's more. Uh, and in all Judea and Samaria. Well, I'm not in Judea and Samaria, so I'm off the hook, right? No, there's a little bit more to it. And to the ends of the earth. Do we live somewhere defined as the ends of the earth? Yes. And who does it say that are going to be Jesus' witnesses? Who? You. What? Yeah, it's, Curtis is pointing right to me, so... Well, you're right about that, but now I can point back to you, and that means you too. And I see my friend Alex is, is here. Alex, that means you too, and his mom, and for everybody else. Dave, you. <laughs> Let's see, Gail and Tom, you. So it means everybody in here, essentially, right? Well, last week, for those of you that were here last week, and if not, go back. Go back and check out the series. Uh, and I think you'll benefit from it. But if you were here, we took a long, long look at the Great Commission. A commission that is completely and totally inclusive, regardless of who you are. If you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, guess what? You have been called to be an influencer of the world, not the other way around. See, the world wants to influence you, and the world wants to influence the church globally, and the world wants to influence New Promise Church and keep everything in here. Well, no, that's not the way it works. We are given great confidence to be influencers out there. Are we going to... Are we going to hit up against resistance? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the Lord says, consider it all joy when you do hit that resistance. Just approach it with godly confidence, with joy, with forgiveness, with love, with everything that are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But we also know that in full well, oftentimes, the greatest hindrance to carrying out any mission is the doubt floating around where? Our own heads. We're our own worst enemies. I am. Even from a secular perspective, when I first got into the, the business of television weather in the 1980s. I worked for the Weather Channel and then worked for an NBC station in Minneapolis and here in Cleveland for almost 35 years now. But I was my worst critic. And, and I mean, you can really talk yourself down when you look at yourself on camera and go, oh man, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. When other people are going, wow, you did fine. You are your own worst critic. I know that for a fact in the secular and that happens in the spiritual world too. Of course, the devil is wanting to, to plant that in your heads too. He's wanting to plant doubt in your head, doubt in what you have been called to do. 
We can be our own worst enemy and some of us think that someone else can do it better. You can be there saying, I, you know, I'm not a great witness, I'm gonna let Pastor Andre do it. Or I'm not gonna be a great witness, I'm gonna let Curtis do it when he's out and about. Or, or anybody, really. We're gonna turn that around today. We're gonna turn that on its head in a way that hopefully you're gonna remember and walk out of here racing for that door so you can be an influencer. Everybody ready? We're gonna stay in the book of Acts, Acts chapter one, verses four through eight. I'm gonna read this passage from the New King James Version. And being assembled together with them, who's them? That's, guess what, that's all of us. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he, Jesus said, you, will, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, the disciples were looking for a political answer now. Almost sounds a little bit of like what we're hearing in the world today, doesn't it? Here, here in the USA. So I, there, there's a little bit of, of an interest in this scripture. Let's see what else the scripture has to say. And Jesus, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but there's that word, you. Point to your neighbor and say, you. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Witnesses of what? That it's gonna rain this afternoon? Well, that's what I do on TV. No, it doesn't stop there. To me, who's that? Jesus. You shall be witnesses to Jesus in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's, I'm, I'm in the ends of the earth. If you're anywhere on the globe, you may not be in Judea, or Samaria, or Jerusalem, but you're certainly in the ends of the earth. So this passage ought to give every one of us confidence working together with faith in God to move forward. It's a great passage to read whenever our enemy gets to grab a hold of his bag of tricks. And that's all they are. Let me disarm the enemy. It's just a bag of tricks. What am I saying? He's got a bunch of confidence crushers in his bag of tricks, and he's constantly putting doubt in your mind. Let me give you a good example. As I walked in here today from my car, I park on, on the other end of the parking lot, and so it gives me a chance to look over and to pray over everybody that's already in the building, getting ready for service. I'm not kidding. I am walking into the building thinking, 
how in the world did I get here? I'm, I'm, the, these, these doubts, these thoughts of doubts, it's like, who am I? Who am I to be standing on stage as your pastor giving you a message? I thought, how did this happen? If that was the enemy's bag of tricks. And I'm continuing to walk and I'm having to reject that because here I am, I'm talking about confidence today and I'm having doubt coming into this building. But that's what happened for a, maybe a 10 or 15 second moment as I'm looking at the church and I'm, I'm seeing people coming in, in and out very joyfully. And then I thought, wait a minute, time out. This is not my confidence. This is my confidence in my Savior. That's how I approach this. You see, it's, it's a lot like being a member of a football team. NFL season will be starting next week. Do you ever see videos? They, they take these, these remote shots every once in a while during the game where one of the team members steps up. He's got the team around him, and he is just encouraging them, you know, strengthening them, giving their, or getting their confidence up. We can do this. We can do this. You ever see that? We see it almost every game, that there's one or two people in the team. Wait a minute. Those are players. Those are players in the team. Those are, that, that's not the owner of the team. That's, that's not the head coach of the team, although the head coach can do that too. These are the team members doing that. It's a lot like that. It's, I am a team member with you. I am a team member of the team, better known as the kingdom of God on earth. And it's a pep talk, if you will. It's to give you confidence. Confidence in doing the work where you... It's a big word today. It's only three letters, but it's a big word. You will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Every single person here. So, what are some of the distraction crushers that the enemy has in his bag of tricks? I won't even mention the name because I don't want to give credence to that name because he is a liar, all right? The Bible calls him a liar, and he's constantly trying to throw you off your game. So let's talk about the three confidence crushers that I've identified, and we attack it with Scripture. I can give you all kinds of points, but if I don't give you the Scriptures to back it up, it's worthless. I mean, it's just my opinion, and I'm not going to do that. Number one, we become distracted. We become distracted. It seems as though we really, in this day and age, are easily distracted, much more so than when I was a kid. When I was a kid, there were things that distracted. 
There were AM and FM radios. There were record players. Yeah, there were record players on vinyls. You used to put the needle on the thing and it used to go round and round. For those of you who are young going, what's that? They've got one of those in the Smithsonian now. We had distractions then, but look at the distractions we have now. I didn't bring it with me, but my phone. Well, I've got an Apple Watch. This thing will, will tell me when I've got a message. It, it'll beep at me when, when, well, it looks like I have a message now from Brian Brooks, also a pastor friend, who says, have a great Sunday service. I won't reply to him now. I'll reply. He's also preaching right now. See that? I was distracted. I was. I was distracted from my message to you. It's easy to get distracted in this day and age. For those of you that don't have those fancy phones, don't get one. <laughs> don't. Your life is going to be a whole lot simpler. But it's so easy to get distracted right now, even to the point where you prioritize those distractions, whether it's your phone or, or whatever it is you got going on, over the amazing time that we have every week right here. Distractions are an enemy of two pillars, especially two pillars in the church that we talked about. Distractions are an enemy of our purpose and our mission. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. I'm going to read this, and it will be up on the screen. It's also available in the YouVersion app notes in the Amplified Version Every once in a while you get the amplified version and it helps you to understand some of the key words in the Greek in the New Testament. And it goes, let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking the meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, what we've been doing today, as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. Help us, Lord, not to be distracted because it's so easy. It is so easy. Even up here, I was distracted by, oh, Brian Brooks just texted me. Number two, we feel inferior and not good enough. That's what I felt coming up the walkway today for that 15-second interval. And I will, I will always try to be very transparent with you. I mean, it was for that split second, what in the world am I doing here? But I'm a team member just like you. I will never elevate myself to higher than being a fellow team member of the kingdom of God. It's a lie of our enemy. Why? Because the power of the gospel in your life, listen to me, if, if you get one thing out of this today, get this, the power of the gospel in your life does not depend on your natural ability. Amen? It doesn't depend on mine. I may have gifts to give back to the body of believers, 
but those gifts were given to me by, by the author of life. The power of the gospel in point to your neighbor and say, your life. The power of the gospel in your life does not depend on your natural ability. You've been given a gift by God, and he has gifted you with confidence. Go with me to Acts chapter 8. We're going to go back to verse 8. New Living Translation. But you, everybody say, you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me, Jesus, everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the, of the earth. That includes you. But your power to tell people about Jesus, yeah, you bring something to the table, but that power of the gospel, that power is not in your hands. That power is gifted to you. It's given to you so that you can give to others. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's up to us to recognize the Holy Spirit working in you. And you've, if you've never allowed the Holy Spirit to work through you, it's time to pray and ask the Lord to give you the confidence of the Holy Spirit. And when you pray that prayer, stand back. I'm not kidding. Let me give you a secular example. I'm sitting in the weather office, an imperfect human being, analyzing weather maps at Fox 8. I come up with the forecast to help people plan out their evening or day. Yes, it's going to rain. Did I give you a forecast for today? I didn't give you a forecast for today. Maybe I don't want to give it to you. <laughs> it's going to rain. It'll be raining a little bit. It'll be raining off and on all day. And tomorrow, it's not going to be much better. Yeah. There, there's, there's the weather. And so, I'm analyzing the maps this morning to, to give you a forecast, which I failed to do, but I'm giving you right now. And uh, I'm looking at the maps, but what good is it without a method to get that forecast to you, right? Now, in terms of television, it takes a very powerful antenna and a multi-million dollar studio and transmitter to add that kind of power needed to deliver the forecast to the people who need to hear it. Without that, all of my efforts to, to craft a forecast will depend on me rushing out into the street one by one, and that's not going to be very effective. That's where the power of the Holy Spirit, the power behind the means of getting that word out. It doesn't depend on you, it depends on the Holy Spirit. You may think your testimony for Jesus is boring or weak. I got news to tell you. Real news, not fake news. Are you hearing me? This is real news. Your testimony for Jesus Every testimony and every conversion is a fascinating story. It's a fascinating journey. Some of them may be very short. Some of them may be a lot longer to get from point A to point B. It doesn't matter. The story is fascinating. When we get to heaven, I got a hunch there are going to be uh, some kind of movie theaters where we get to watch every single person's 
conversion, and that's a, that's a point of great praise and joy to find out how, how is it you came to faith in Jesus Christ. That's a powerful thing in each and every single one of you. Allow the Holy Spirit that lives in you to be that irresistible draw. Again, it's not, it's not you that will bring people to Christ. It is the Holy Spirit that lives in you that's going to be that irresistible draw. Number three, and we're on the home stretch here, we become too busy. There are seasons of our lives that may seem so cluttered that we need to adjust at times. And a secular example for me is this week, after 17 years of podcasting and two seasons of a program I started 17 years ago called Weather Jazz, I was podcasting when, weather jazz, when podcasting wasn't cool. I mean, long before it, when the only platform was Apple. Of course, now there are tons of podcasting platforms, and I'm on every single one of them in season two now. And after almost 500 episodes, I said, this, I got to take a break. Friday's episode was my last episode for at least two, three months. And I'm going to assess maybe how to do a season three, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was just a time sucker. Maybe things just, it started to get too cluttered. I had to make an adjustment there. We get too busy. Take an assessment of your life periodically and declutter. But even after decluttering, the temptation is to say that we are still too busy to be an influencer for Jesus. This is no merit at all, none. Why? Acts chapter one, verse eight, let's go back there. This is one of the verses uh, that we've been focusing in on. It tells us to be witnesses, not whenever we have extra time. It tells us to be witnesses everywhere and along the way. In other words, you could be missional-minded and intentional for Jesus no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are. By the way, that could be at the breakfast table with your family and lifting up the name of Jesus, praising his name, maybe singing a song at the breakfast table. Surprise someone and sing a song. I sing tenor. 10 or 15 miles away. They would really be surprised with my singing. Why do you think I sit over there when we sing? I, so that I can sing. I lift up my voice, I do. I don't sing tenor. I, I'm more of a baritone, but at any rate, uh, maybe luncheon with some friends. You can be a witness to Jesus in the way that you live and even in your speech. Or how about standing in line at the grocery store when the lines are long and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. Guess what? You can be a witness to Jesus just by the way you wait and in conversations that you may or may not have with people. If for whatever reason I don't get into conversations, I start looking at the people and realizing, God, you love them too, don't you? You, you, love, you love them. Let me pr I don't know what their needs are, but let me pray for these people. I'm praying for them. Maybe somebody who's a little more impatient. 
They need a little more prayer. I pray for them. Lord, give them patience. Give me patience in standing in line, but whatever. We can be missional-minded in everything that we do. It's not an excuse that you're too busy because we're always doing something, and we can always be missional-minded. And let's actually rally around this confidence builder, urgency. Urgency. Why urgent? Why is this urgent? Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. He then told them, go into all of the world. This is the Great Commission from last week. Go into all of the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's good news. Here's the urgent part. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. That's bad news. We don't want anyone to be condemned. God doesn't want anyone to be relegated to eternity without him. And that's what's happening. That's what hell is. Hell is real, and people are going there. It's up to us to be witnesses to everybody that Jesus loves them. There are people in your sphere of influence that I will never reach. That's just the fact. Unless they come to church, and hopefully they will, maybe by an invitation for you, but there are some people that will never come and receive your invitation, but they know you, and they're in your sphere of influence. I will never have the chance to share Christ with them, but you will. Treat every single moment, at every single time, with an urgency that depends on you to be a carrier. Say you. And point to your neighbor one more time. This is all I'm going to ask you to do it. One more time. Point to your neighbor and say, you, you be the carrier of the good news of Jesus Christ. I hope you got something out of this, this uh, series. Uh, I get more out of it when I'm doing the studying. And as uh, Bob Santos knows, who uh, hopefully will be one of our new elders that we'll be voting on in October, Again, he'll be reinstated as a board. He knows full well as a pastor. Yeah, I don't believe he's here today, but he knows full well as a pastor when, when the pastor is studying for the Word and, and he is studying for Wednesday night. I know he leads Wednesday night an awful lot. He says, I get more out of it than I think anybody else. Uh, and I do. And, uh, and that's one of the benefits of being a team leader. And again, I'm not and I will never elevate myself any higher than you are. We are team members of the kingdom of God together. Uh, I'm I'm just as much in need of a savior as every single one of you in here. Praise God we have that. We're going to celebrate that together. I went a little long today, and I I apologize for that. It's now 11-11, but uh, I I hope you didn't mind that little expanded wrap-up of the series to help you get a hold of this whole series. If you missed any of it, it's online, newpromisechurch.com, and I encourage you to do that today. Oh, by the way, before we do communion next week, Pastor Nick will be preaching the word. You don't want to miss it. We're going to be looking at the wild swings of Joseph. And if you're not familiar with the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, 
you don't want to miss it. He's going to take you through those wild swings next uh, Sunday. All right, let's pray. Let's close this up and let's get ready for communion. Father, thanks for your word. Thank you for showing us just how important it is to, to be a part of gathering together on Sundays here at New Promise Church, worshiping you and, and lifting your name in worship and just lifting our praise to you and then the opportunity to partner with you financially and the opportunity to dig into your word in a way that makes a difference so that when we walk out those doors, we're different people. And we will be the influencer and we won't be the influence. Help us to not take the devil's bag of tricks of doubt. Help us to reject them in Jesus' name because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us only because you gave us that power. Help us to walk in power so that others will see and we will live an attractive life so that others will say, yeah, I want what you want. I want this Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's get ready for, for communion. Again, we have two tables set up today. If you, you like the idea of what we've been doing with, um, do I have, I think mine is over there, I'll get mine in a second, but the little uh, wrapper where you, you wrap it and take the, the bread up top and then the juice comes, it's the all-in-one container. That's on this side. If you want to get back to what we traditionally have done, and that is to actually break the bread and get the juice that's on your right side. So as you, uh, row by row, let's start, let's start with the back row first and go out to whatever table you want and then come back to your seats and then we will celebrate the ordinance of communion together. Go ahead. I am told, I'm sorry, I'm told that both are available on both sides, of, and that was my mistake. Both are available on both tables, so it doesn't matter.
not long before Jesus was crucified and paid the ultimate sacrifice in order to redeem us from sin, he had a supper with his disciples. And he told everybody there that this would be done in his, or at his instruction, until he returns. By the way, he told us to occupy until he returns, not to sit back and let the world go by, but to occupy, to bring the kingdom principles on earth while we had the chance. But he also told us to commemorate this event when he took the bread and he broke the bread. So those of you with whatever form you have chosen, go ahead and break the bread. And then he gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body given for you so that sins can be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me. So as we take and we eat the bread together, let's remember what Christ did for us. And after supper was ended, he took the cup, he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples and said, this is my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. It will be shed for you and for all men so that sins can be forgiven. Take and drink and remember the blood shed on the cross for you as it cleanses and washes you as white as snow. Jesus also said that someday he would do this new with us in heaven when we're all together. What a glorious day that is going to be. But until that happens, we'll observe communion communion here. And I always encourage you, if something is going on in your lives, take the time to have communion at home, wherever it is, with your family, with friends. It's, you don't need to be in church to do that, to commemorate what Christ has done for us, and that's why we get together. Let's pray together, and then uh, we'll uh, conclude with some video announcements. Uh, Father, thank you for your blood. Thank you for your body that you gave to us on the cross. That's exactly why we're here, exactly why you give us confidence, and that confidence comes to us through the Holy Spirit that works within us. Help us to be vessels of the Holy Spirit and help us to be your vessels to bring kingdom principles here on earth, to live our life in such a way that it is so attractive that people will say, I want what you have. Let that be a moment and give us the words when that does happen. Give us the wisdom to share Christ with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's show you what's going on at New Promise Church, uh, and then we'll pray before we head out, and and before we take a look at the video announcements, uh, a reminder, we do have the
prayer warriors in the back. If you need prayer at the end of the service on your way out, um, make sure that uh, you hook up with, with somebody there. And Dennis, do we need to clear the tables or, or the chairs or can they stay? Okay, so the chairs can stay. All right, everybody, here's what's happening at New Promise Church. We have an exciting opportunity to host Jason Gray, Rhett Walker, and Leanna Crawford on their acoustic storytime tour. This will be held at New Promise Church September 30th at 7 p.m. Ticket information will be available soon. We are so excited for Rwanda to begin on September 7th. Thank you to our teachers from last year who have once again signed up to serve. We are still looking for one awesome person to lead the kids in games. Please see Don Petrowski or Amy Tadio if you can help. During the pandemic, many people got out of the habit of attending church. And this September, actually thousands of churches will be inviting everyone in their community to come visit the church and for some to try to come back to church again. It's National Back to Church Sunday. It's September 18th, and it's a perfect time to return to church, uh, find a fresh start and a renewed hope. Will you be a part of this national outreach event? Invite friends to church and to a free lunch after potluck style. Starting September 12th through November 14th, there will be a Bible study on Ephesians on Mondays from 1 to 2.30 here at the church. Books cost $15. If you have any questions, ask Kathy Conrad. Franklin Graham will be coming to Youngstown, Ohio. If you are interested in carpooling, let us know at the sign-up table. A new opportunity for kids to serve the Lord through singing is coming to New Promise Church. A kids choir for ages 5 through 10 is starting on September 7th at 6.15. The kids choir will use Bible-based simple children's songs. It will teach basic singing, beat, and rhythm, and occasionally perform in Sunday morning services. So encourage your young ones to come to choir and Awana on Wednesday nights starting in September. We are looking for one to two individuals to be trained in the loft, on the computer or the camera. It's not that hard, I promise. We will train you, and then once you're trained, we'll schedule you approximately every three weeks. If you are able, please talk to Brittany or Don, or let us know at the sign-up table. Thank you. We will soon be having a congregational meeting, so if you want to be able to vote and you are not members yet, join us for a membership class September 25th after the service. We will be having a congregational meeting on October 2nd after the service. We will be voting to fill the space on the Elder Board. Members, please plan to attend. Our teens are going to be available to help out with small house projects or yard work on September 24th or November 5th. If you or someone that you know is in need of some help, there is a sign-up form at the table in the lobby. There are three ways to give to the Lord at New Promise Church. In person, in the offering box at the back of the auditorium, or in the offering plate during the service, by mailing it in to 8671 Euclid Chardon Road, Kirtland, Ohio 44094, or online at newpromisechurch.com forward slash give. If you are wanting someone to pray with you, the prayer team is waiting for you in the back corners of the auditorium. And now that it's 11.24, the donut bar closes in six minutes, there'll be a mad rush. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I want you to uh, enjoy each other's fellowship uh, momentarily. Let's uh, pray. Remember, this is just boot camp. Let's make a difference. Let's be an influencer in the world. Father, thanks for your word. 
Thank you for the way that it encourages us and just squashes and it extinguishes anything that comes from the enemy. We extinguish all doubt and we take great confidence in the fact that you have indeed called us to be bearers of light and to spread salt on the earth wherever we go. As we head out these doors, help us to enjoy each other's company, to encourage each other, to pray for each other, to care for each other. And then as we head out those doors, as we head out into the world, that we will be, be an influencer and not influenced by a world that's trying to influence us. We pray these things in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen. Let's enjoy some coffee and donuts. Oh, we got four minutes left now. I'm only kidding. Enjoy the day. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'll take that.